Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. We live in an age of false prophets. First of all, there are prophets, false prophets outside the church. These would be the cults, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Christian Science, New Age teachers. But then there are the false prophets inside the church. We're talking pastors and bishops and seminary professors who teach that there is no hell, everybody goes to heaven, etc., etc. We need some Jeremiah's back in our culture. Today we're going to tell you the story of Jeremiah, a true prophet, among the false. So let me now tell you the story of Jeremiah. We go back to the year 500, excuse me, 626 BC to the city of Jerusalem. And before I tell you Jeremiah's story, let me set up the historical times. 100 years before Jeremiah, and we're talking 722 BC now, the northern kingdom of Israel had been destroyed by the king of Assyria to punish the Jews for their idolatry. The Assyrian king destroys them and takes them away captive. They really never came back. So now a hundred years later, about five, uh, 626 BC, Judah, southern Israel, saw what happened to their northern sister, but they didn't learn. They too started worshiping Baal and going after false gods. So. Jeremiah shows up to prophesy and say, now Judah, you're going to be destroyed. The king of Babylon now is going to come. And in 586 BC, the king of Babylon came, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, took the Jews for 70 years into captivity in Babylon. And then 70 years were complete. God mercifully lets the Jews go home. They get to rebuild their temple and go back to Jerusalem. That's the history. Now let me tell you about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the son of a godly priest. Jeremiah preached for 40 years from 626 BC until the fall of Jerusalem in 586 BC. God commanded Jeremiah, don't get married, don't have children because of the coming destruction. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He had the difficult job of telling the Jews, God is going to destroy Jerusalem. The king of Babylon is coming. Things were at a low point in Jewish history. In the Jewish temple, they set up false idols. In the Jewish temple, they had child sacrifice, kind of like we have child sacrifice in some of our Christian denominations that are paying for abortions with offering dollars. That's a whole other story, but it was happening then, it's happening now. But still, the people of the Jews were still outwardly, ceremonially, ceremonially uh, religious. They still worshiped Jehovah, 
But then they just worship other gods too. God finally told Jeremiah, stop praying for this people. It's over. Three times God says, Jeremiah, don't even pray for these Jews. Jeremiah was persecuted for his message. He was thrown in jail. The false prophets of Jeremiah's day said, peace, peace. God's not going to destroy this city. And Jeremiah kept saying, oh, yes, he is. The king of Babylon will be here. The king tore up Jeremiah's prophecies. Jeremiah was accused of treason and was thrown into a well. But still the king would go and privately confer with Jeremiah. Well, the last scene of Jeremiah is this. Jeremiah's prophecy comes true. 586, the king of Babylon comes, destroys the temple, destroys the Jews, carries them into slavery for 70 years in Babylon. Some of the Jews escape and go down to Egypt. They force Jeremiah to go with them. He didn't want to, but they forced him to. The last scene we have of Jeremiah is Jeremiah chapter 44, where he's preaching to the Jews now down in Egypt. What are you doing? And now you're going to keep worshiping false gods? And they were. <laughs> and so he's preaching against idolatry even to the exiles. And there's an ancient Jewish legend that says that, I, uh, that Jeremiah was stoned to death in Egypt. We're not sure if that's true. But that's his story. And what was Jeremiah's main message? Well, just a few points. Follow this. God is in control. God controls kings, he controls punishment, he controls war. God's in control of everything. Another message of Jeremiah, judgment is coming, so submit to the king of Babylon. Don't fight him, just let God do his thing. Jeremiah predicted the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Israel. He predicted they'd be in for 70 years in Babylon, and they were. He also predicted God would be gracious and let the Jews come home, and they did after 70 years. Maybe the biggest thing Jeremiah prophesied was that one day there would be a new covenant, which happened when Jesus came to earth. So that is the story of Jeremiah. What I want to do for the rest of the sermon is to give you a sample sermon of Jeremiah. Would you take out your Bible, turn in the Old Testament to Jeremiah chapter 23, and let's pray before we begin. Father, we see much, so much false teaching in the church, outside the church, on television. God, just false teaching is everywhere. We ask you to send us Jeremiah's Lord. And God, open our eyes and, and speak to us now as we listen to the scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 23, starting at verse 23. Am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places so that I do not see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? Now, when I was a 12-year-old, I'm a Lutheran, you have to go through what's called confirmation. And the first thing the pastor taught us in confirmation class was the omnis of God. God is omnipotent, omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omniscient, all-knowing. And here, here's the first lesson I want you to get from Jeremiah's preaching. God is omnipresent. 
That means God exists everywhere. In other words, false prophets, God sees what you're doing. You think you can get away with your false prophesying? God fills the heavens and the earth. He's everywhere. You're not getting away with anything, false prophets. Verse 25, God says, I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy falsely in my name, saying, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long is there anything in the hearts of these prophets who prophesy falsehood, even these prophets of the deception of their own heart? Here's the next lesson. Dreams can deceive. These false prophets were using their dreams to lead the Jews astray. And I, I've said before uh, on this show, dreams come from one of three places, God, the devil, or pizza. And just because you have a strong dream that you think is from God doesn't mean that it is. I mean, I won't go into the details, but I kind of had, I think, a vision once, and it seemed to be from God, but it contradicted Scripture, so I knew it was a false dream, a false vision. Satan can give you false visions. Test everything against Scripture. Verse 27. These false prophets intend to make my people forget my name by their dreams which they relate to one another, just as their fathers forgot my name because of Baal. Here's the next message from Jeremiah. The false prophets were teaching, forget God, go Baal. That was their message. False prophets, don't follow God, follow Baal. Now you need to know who Baal was. Baal was a false god who kind of was god of the crops. So the Jews got into this. They would go to the temple, there'd be temple prostitutes. They'd have sex with the temple prostitutes so that Baal and his wife Asherah, a goddess, would see that they're having sex. They'd have sex, Baal and Asherah, so the crops would increase. That's what Baalism is about. It was a very, he was a very sexual god. And can I tell you, this is tragic. Baal worship is all over the Christian church today. I'm not making this up. If you go to herchurch.org, you'll get the website of an ELCA Lutheran congregation in San Francisco. It used to be called Ebenezer Lutheran. Now they're called Her Church. It's a feminist church and they worship the goddess. And Pastor Stacy took a group of her women on a retreat, I'm not making this up, gave each of them a piece of clay so they could fashion their own Asherah statue so they could worship the forbidden divine feminine. And they're still a full member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Baal worship is all, I mean, that's really extreme. But Baal worship in other ways is all over the church. I'll give you an example. I have struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life. I don't go that direction because that behavior is a sin, but I've been celibate my whole life. But that's been a pull for me. Now, I'm a Lutheran. There, there's a group founded by Presbyterians called One by One that helps people out of homosexuality. I'm part of that group. Years ago, the Presbyterian Church USA was going to have a convention to decide on whether to do gay weddings, allow pastors to have gay sex and be married. And I was asked to come and man a table for our group. I went there. You should have seen this Presbyterian Church USA convention. 
the gay lobby was working overtime. You walked into the convention hall, the big, big cross up front had a gay pride uh, banner hanging from the cross. You went up for Holy Communion, they had rainbow communion decorations on the table. And then came the hearing on whether to abandon scripture and 2,000 years of Christianity and, and embrace the gay theology. I got to get to the microphone, even though I'm a Lutheran, they let me testify. But before I did, a woman pastor got up from the Presbyterian Church USA and she said, quote, you need to let me do lesbian weddings. I did a lesbian wedding last summer. Oh, the Holy Spirit was so present. We need to love people and do these weddings. I got to speak next. I said, I have struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life, but the Bible says that's a sin. And 1 Corinthians 6 says, if you get into that sin and don't come out of it and never repent, you're not going to heaven when you die. So because we love people, we won't do lesbian weddings. Well, the good news is that we won that year. The gay lobby lost. Two years later, they won. And now the Presbyterian Church USA, the uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Episcopal Church in America, and the United Church of Christ, and now the Disciples of Christ all ordain practicing homosexuals and, and do gay weddings. Well, like I say, Baal worship is all over the church. Let's look at verse 28. The prophet who has a dream may relate his dream, but let him who has my word speak my word in truth. What does straw have in common with grain, declares the Lord. Next message of Elijah, excuse me, of uh, Jeremiah. Beware of mixing religions. You don't, miss, you don't mix Jehovah worship with Baal worship. There is a large, radically liberal, congregational church here in the Twin Cities. If you go to their website, it says basically, well, Jesus is our way to God, but we respect that there are other ways to God too. So who did they bring in to do a series of seminars? Deepak Chopra, the New Age teacher uh, promoting the New Age religion. No, you don't. You don't mix Christianity with New Age teaching. That's what got the Jews destroyed in 586 B.C. Let's look at verse 29. God says, Is not my word like fire and like a hammer that shatters a rock? Here's the next lesson. The true prophet is an uncomfortable hammer of God. When I was in seminary, we had to read a book for a sermon class called The Hammer of God. And the point is, Jeremiah's job and my job as a pastor is to be an uncomfortable hammer and to hammer against secular thinking to embrace God's thinking. Years ago, there was an older couple that attended my church some, but mostly they went to this very large, more liberal Lutheran church on the other side of town. And one day they wrote a letter to my elders. They, don't, they didn't like my preaching and, and she, she said, why can't Pastor Brock just preach nice sermons like we hear at our other church? <laughs> well, God bless my elders because they, they uh, met, I don't know if they met or wrote, but they said to the couple, you know, the Bible says nice, loving things. We need to hear that. 
Sometimes the Bible says hard things. We need to hear that. We need both. A true preacher will not just tell people nice stuff and preach flowers all the time. We need to be a hammer of God. That's what Jeremiah says here. Years ago, when I was still in the liberal evangelical Lutheran church in America, there were five pastors and I. Every year, we would go to our liberal convention. We'd get to the microphone. Why are we paying for abortions with offering dollars in this denomination? Why is the bishop's office promoting homosexuality? We went every year. We were, it was uncomfortable for me to do that. They were not comfortable with us either, but I think we were doing the will of God. Now, all these pastors have left the ELCE because um, I'm sorry, uh, they've gone over the cliff. But um, that is the job of a true preacher is to preach the full counsel of God, all the scriptures. Now look at verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from each other. Behold, I am against the prophets, declare the Lord, who use their tongues and declare, the Lord declares. Behold, I am against those who have prophesied false dreams, declared the Lord, and led my people astray. Here's the next lesson from Jeremiah. God's attitude toward the false prophets, I am against them. Oh, but pastor, my loving God isn't against anybody. Oh, three times in that verse it says, I'm against them, I'm against them, I'm against them. I, had, uh, I was on a radio show talking about these things, and, and a woman called in and said, but Pastor Brock, the people that are in these churches that are falling away from Scripture, is God's curse on those people? And I said, you know, there's still a lot of white-haired ladies in the Lutheran and Presbyterian church who love the Lord. And they don't know what's going on because their pastors don't bring this stuff up in the pulpit. But they're not in trouble. They love the Lord. But their leaders are in trouble. Three times here, God says, I am against them. Look at verse 32. Yet I did not send them. Even, uh, they, they lead my people astray by their falsehoods and their reckless boasting. I did not send them or command them, nor do they furnish this people the slightest profit. Here's the next lesson. How much do false prophets profit? Nothing. <laughs> the prophets profit themselves and their own checkbook. I mean, so you see some TV preachers, all they talk about is money and send them money and you're going to get healed. Uh -uh. No, false prophets profit us nothing. Don't go to seances. Don't dial 1-900-PSYCHIC. Don't give some of these people on TV money who don't preach the gospel, just preaching their own greed. False prophets will profit you nothing. Now, here's the that, that's the end of Jeremiah's sermon for today. But here's the main point I want you to take home from Jeremiah. Here it is. Beware of outward religion. Worship one God only. Let me repeat that. The Jews had outward religion. They went to the temple. They said they believed in Jehovah God. But then during the week, they go after Baal and worship him on the hillside. So don't be like this. Do you worship God on Sunday and then worship Baal the rest of the week? That's what got the Jews destroyed. I can't help but think of certain politicians who say they're Christian or Catholic or Lutheran, and they go to church and they promote abortion, they promote the LGBT 
agenda. They persecute the little sisters of the poor because these Catholic sisters don't want to be complicit with abortion or contraceptive. That's called, that's called worshiping God on Sunday and worshiping Baal the rest of the week. And what happened to the ancient Jews when they tried to mix Baal worship and, and Jehovah worship? God destroyed them in 722 BC, the Northern Kingdom. God destroyed them 586 uh, BC, the Southern Kingdom. And America, especially I'm talking to the church, if we try to mix the true worship of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with Deepak Chopra, all the uh, uh, anti-life, anti-marriage uh, propaganda going on in our culture, the church is over. We need Jeremiah's. We need prophets in the church. I encourage you, make sure you're going to a church where your money, time, and talents are supporting the scriptures and not paying for things that are evil. That was the not-so-fun message of Jeremiah. Finally, after 70 years of slavery, God let the people who were punished come back home and start over again. But pray for the United States. Pray for the American church. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we ask Pastor Brock questions regarding the Bible. Pastor Brock, our first question is, what happened to the Jews after they returned from Babylon? Yep, again, the, the, high, the timeline is 722 BC, northern Israel gets wiped out because of their idolatry. 586 BC, southern Israel, called Judah, is invaded by the king of Babylon. The Jews are taken for 70 years into slavery, and then they get to come home uh, after 70 years. When they came back, they rebuilt their temple, and I think that the exile did have a purifying effect on the nation, for a while anyway. But then sadly, when God sent the Messiah, the Jews crucified the Messiah. 70 AD, the Romans came in and wiped out Jerusalem, wiped out Israel, until 1948, and Israel's a nation again. Uh, and that was the Exodus uh, movie, if you saw the movie, The Exodus. But that's kind of a big deal. And some people think that means now certain prophecies can take place at the end of time. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happened to the Jews. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think is the worst false prophet of all time? I think the single person who's deceived the most number of people is Mohammed. He was born in 570 AD. Mm -hmm. Supposedly the angel Gabriel appeared to him, uh, wrote down the Quran, etc. And I think the person who's deceived the most number of people is Mohammed. Uh, the Mohammedans, the Muslims teach, the Christians believe in three gods. We don't. We believe in one God, three persons. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't believe Jesus died on the cross. Some of them believe Judas died on the cross in place of Jesus. Um, and so even though they say they believe in Jesus, they even believe in the second coming of Christ. I think they even believe in the virgin birth of Christ. But the, his, he died on the cross to pay for our sins, rose from the dead. That they reject, which means they reject salvation. Mm -hmm. So I'd say Mohammed. Mohammed. Yeah. Okay. Can you give an example of mixing religions together? Yeah, that was in the sermon. Uh, at its last convention, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America mm -hmm. voted that we don't know what God thinks of non-Christian religions. Somebody got to the microphone, God bless them, and said, yes we do. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the only way to heaven. Mm -hmm. He was voted down by 97%. Mm -hmm. Years ago, 
uh, when you were at Hope and I was, we were still in the ELCA. Mm -hmm. You know, we, the pastors and I would go convention after convention trying to turn that ship around. But um, I, I remember one year we all faced north to worship, then south, then east and west to pattern our religion after Native American spirituality because that's the way some Native Americans worship. I got to the microphone. I said, you know, I'm German. My ancestors worship Thor and Odin. We're gonna incorporate Thor worship at our next convention? Of course we lost, but that's one of the reasons I think people should leave the uh, liberal denominations who are mixing false religions with the true, which is what got the Jews destroyed right. in 586 BC. Worshiping Baal with Asherah and the true God, Jehovah. Mm -hmm. Does God speak through dreams? Well, he does. But you got to be careful. I mean, God spoke to, through dreams in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Joseph, don't divorce Mary. That was a dream. So yes, but you've got to test everything against Scripture. Like I, I mentioned before, too, I had a vision kind of once. It seemed to be from God, but it contradicted Scripture. So I knew that's a $3 bill. Satan can give you a dream. So just test everything against Scripture. And always see that it lines up with the Word of yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. How can I tell a true church from a false church? Well, um, Mona, I've gotten three comments lately where people said, thank you, Pastor Brock. Uh, I left my ELCA Lutheran Church after watching your show. I didn't know they were doing what they're doing. So you've gotta watch and make sure you join a biblical church. And I think it's easy. Let's, let's say you're leaving your liberal church mm -hmm. and you're, you're church shopping. Here's what you do. You go to a church, you listen to the sermon, if things sound biblical, fine, but be careful because sometimes they can be deceiving. So, so then pastor shaking hands. Pastor, can I just ask you uh, a few questions real quick? Do you believe the Bible is the infallible word of God? Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? What are your views on abortion, homosexuality, premarital sex? If you get good solid answers, that's a good church. If you get, oh, that's a complex question, uh, yeah, then you want another church. <laughs> Good. Yeah, there you go. Good. Well, that's all the questions that I have. Oh, well, and we're out of time, Mona. So there we go, everybody. And just again, we want to thank you for watching this show. Pray for us, if you would. We're expanding now because enough donations have come in, so we're going to add another national network. Mm -hmm. uh, pray about supporting. If you can, you'll see the address in a minute. If you want to watch this show over again, uh, just go to pastorstudy.org, and you can watch all of our TV shows there. But till we're again next week, just God bless you, and have a wonderful week in these strange times in which we live. We'll see you next time on The Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by The Pastor Study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.